0: listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Hello and welcome back. This is Two Sons of Tatooine. And we're today talking about Star Wars The Clone Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Nathan, a.k.a. NP-Bro, and I'm joined as always by my partner, Jonathan Cohn. We're going to be discussing uh, the final arc of Season 1 of the Clone Wars animated series, which many have dubbed the Ryloth Liberation Arc. Uh, three episodes. There's actually one after this with surprise. <laughs> but uh, this is basically the last arc of the of this season. Uh, it deals with the separatist seas of the world Ryloth and the Republic's attempt to provide aid as well as drive out their oppressors. Um, Jonathan, this is a solid entry to Season mm, 1. A lot mm. of ...high points and a lot of serious themes. It really set the tone for things to come. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what were some of your overall thoughts about this?
1: I think this is a fantastic arc. It is one of my favorites in the Clone Wars. This is the arc that really got me a big fan of the, the Twi'leks and of, of Ryloth. Um, mm. uh, I love reading about Ryloth. I love seeing it on the screen, all this stuff. I think that these three episodes tell very different stories... But all mm-hmm. tell them like if they had just had Mace Windu as the lead for all three episodes, and like it wouldn't have worked as well by making Ahsoka and Anakin the first episode, Obi-Wan the second, mm-hmm. and Mace mm-hmm. the third, they have a distinct they each have a distinct feeling, a distinct yes. theme, and a distinct military aspect. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the right. Yeah. The the mace Windu. battle
0: infiltration, space yeah. battle. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So I they 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 just did those really well. Um, the writer for the second two episodes was Henry Gilroy, who was the head writer on the Clone Wars. He's great. He's particularly good at writing Obi-Wan's dialogue. Um, uh, James Arnold Taylor says that Henry Gilroy is his favorite writer um, hmm. in Hollywood. So that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good thing, um, yeah, but it's
0: a pretty you, big praise. Yeah, it is
1: pretty big praise. Um, so, yeah, I, I as I said, I loved all the episodes, but I do have a favorite, and I'll be interested to see if you have one as well.
0: I think I do. I think <laughs> I can come to that agreement. Yeah. Um, when it comes to um, low points for me, there were a couple. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And let me let me just for a second, like brag on like. As we've talked about before, we're both huge Lord of the Rings people. Yeah. And the amount of work that Tolkien put into his languages, it really spoils you to the degree that when you hear, like, the, the speech <laughs> that's used <laughs> in, this, in <laughs> the second episode, Innocence of Ryloth, where yeah. the tweet... I'll just say that nowhere in Star Wars have our alien languages, languages, languages ever reached his level, uh, the level of Tolkien, of course. So. It's
1: never really meant to, though. Like... Is it Like like for Tolkien, that was the whole point. Was like he didn't write he didn't write the languages to fit Lord of the Rings. He wrote Lord of the Rings to fit the languages. <laughs> he he came up, he's it's have you seen that meme? And it has uh uh George Martin no. and it has JK Rowling and it says, uh has an idea, writes a book, has an idea, writes five books, and it says, uh uh Uh, writes three books to fit into his big language that he's writing or something and it has like the red eyes the
0: anyway yeah Yeah, Tolkien there's no (laughs) doubt when it comes to the amount of like just consistency and I I would certainly say that it makes me way more bought into it so Mm -hmm. the low point for me was hearing the the little girl's voice
1: yeah Um, which by the way did you know did you did you look to see who voiced the little girl no Oh, this is a fun piece of trivia. She's voiced by Cat Tabor, who voiced Padme in The Clone Wars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just used. They just used, you know, who who was on staff, who was already hanging around. They were like, hey, we need this little, this character voiced. They probably, like, they hired Cat Tabor for a certain number of episodes, and they couldn't put her in all those episodes as Padme, so they were probably like, hey, you want to do this episode? And she's like, I'm getting paid, so...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wouldn't complain about the voice acting I think a lot of it was the Anglian language Yeah, yeah, yeah that, That's what sounded weird And even when Obi-Wan said it It was like, it, it sounded a little bit like baby talk Like, gaga goo goo
1: <laughs> Well, this so, is a kid's show This is a kid's show Is it a kid's show? A
0: kid's sh- yes there was, there was Mace, or no, it wasn't Mace But uh, one, of the, one of the clones drops the H.E.A. double hockey sticks in the third episode So, yeah Got some some wordy dirds.
1: Yes, it's still a kid's show.
0: It is, but (laughs) they are really starting to advance the themes of this. And so I think it's worth noting that 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 is on the the up and up. Um, Here's my other low point, and I'm only going to go over this because I only really have two low points for this whole thing. One of them was the alien language. And my second one is when it comes to the people of Ryloth and showing them and showing... Like, how many of them there are, and yes. the state of yes, captivity. I agree. Bad Batch executed that so much better yes. when they showed the people. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, obviously, the resources <laughs> vastly different. But I think we could have gotten so much more invested had we seen more of them. And really, we did get to see just, you know, Chim's cave and a few people inside of there, as well as, like, a, you know, kind of like a, a, a prisoner camp, basically, yeah. you know, with droids. That's all we got. Uh, I would have loved more, and they were very. I, I think the 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 design they may have only animated like one,
1: yeah, and they one just particular model and then changed just change the, the color, color. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yeah. okay, you're right about that. <laughs> so that's probably what they did. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, but in terms of animation, it, it was it was okay for the rest of it. I feel like the execution of on that end failed for me. Yeah. Um, but there was great fights. Uh there was incredible like development from everybody. So let's just start at the beginning. We got the first episode was Storm Over Ryloth. Mm-hmm. We got Ahsoka's first command. Yeah. And she's really she's only in this episode. That's it.
1: Well um, she's she has like a brief, brief appearance in the third episode with Anakin. Does she? Yeah. She's like, Oh that was a close oh, one, Master. Isn't okay. it always snips?
0: Oh yeah, with the with the two ships at the yep, end. Yep, right, yep. right, right. Right, right, right. Well I didn't even know she, like, I, for a second I thought that was Obi-Wan. I was like, I what? just saw Anakin, I was like, Anakin, Obi-Wan, right? Oh, wait, no, he was down below. It would not have <laughs> been him. It would have been Ahsoka. Um, but, yeah, so besides that, she only appears this once. And people at this point, like, I, I even watch it all the time. I'm talking to people who are like, yeah, I'm just starting Clone Wars, and, they're you know, like, apparently Ahsoka's this, like, fan-favorite character, but right now I basically hate her. She <laughs> sucks. <laughs> and I'm like... Just, just give it some There's time. A time. Mm-hmm. We all kind of felt that way at first, and then we got we got much better. And anyway, this is this is one of those steps along the way. Um, I did like the interactions between her and uh, the admiral um, Yolaren. Yolaren, yep. yeah. Um, Which, by the way, think?
1: I, I want to point out that um, we got some sad news this week. Um, uh, that the actor who played uh, Admiral Yolaren, he also voiced. Uh, uh Yoda he also voices the narrator his Tom kane, and uh he will not be acting anymore. He's retiring because he had a um i believe it's a stroke and he uh uh he can't really talk anymore um oh my gosh yeah his his daughter he's he was like sixty six or sixty seven so he's not that young but he's not that old yeah um, he's
0: still had plenty of years of voice acting, yeah, acting for sure mm-hmm.
1: yeah so, so he's yeah he's he's no longer going to be acting anymore.
0: That's really sad. I, I think for a lot yeah. of people, his Yoda impression was almost Very more good. common than the Frank Oz. Now, there's a definite softness to the Frank Oz that, yeah. that obviously Tom Kane's didn't have. But I first knew Tom Kane from his you know introduction during the Powerpuff Girls, where he does <laughs> sugar <laughs> and spice and everything nice. <laughs> and then whenever I heard the Clone Wars, and he'd be like, the Separatist Alliance with sugar and spice and everything nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but um, that's wow. like, man, that's really sad to hear. I yeah. hope, really hope that his recovery, you know, permits him to get back into it because I'm sure he will if he if he can yeah. eventually. The um, I read the his thing.
1: yeah his daughter wrote the, the statement and it looked like it was a permanent like he'll he'll never return to voice acting. I hope that he could
0: if he can't recover then I guess yeah he
1: can't. yeah. But that was that was some sad news. So I uh, sorry you were you're talking about Ahsoka's interactions with Admiral Yularen.
0: Yeah, so the way that she, you know, she has to struggle with a command position, and at first, really, she's thrown into this, you know, questioning herself, doubting Mm -hmm. herself. Those are natural reactions, but... Whenever I think she gets both Yularen and Anakin calling her back, she makes this bold attack. You know, with her. I mean, I, she's probably got ten at least, a dozen different clones under command, and their bombers mm-hmm. and their and their fighter pilots. And she costs them, I think, all but two die. And she re, she basically, you know, rejects the order. Says we can still do this. Um, the droid, the droid that they're against.
1: Um, no, it's not a droid. It's a no. Neemotian. It's not a
0: droid. <laughs> It's, an, it's a That's uh, right. it's a His last name is episode.
1: it's it's Nartuk. Is the name I, did I looked it up.
0: Really like I really liked him because he showed a level of of like uh, respect maybe amongst generals. Like he was he was a warrior. He really was mm-hmm. a warrior. He enjoyed being a general. And for him, like he wanted to do nothing but just. Win wars and He has wars, you know. he
1: has a very soft version of Thrawn that Thrawn respected his opponent, hey. and uh, he even studies his opponents. He brings up yeah. Skywalker's um, uh, his history and stuff, which is really interesting because there's a huge Thrawn connection later on in the episode. I'll get there mm. when we get there, but there's a huge mm. Thrawn connection. But um, yeah, that Nemoidian, its great—and we never got a body. We never saw a body, so I think he yeah. could come back. I hope he does. Wow.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember his name, but
1: yeah, it's Nartok. He did
0: pull a Nartok. He pulled a—he pulled a surprise because basically he he just from out of out of hyperspace pulled about four different cruisers to bolster his you know mm-hmm. after they had already sent out Ahsoka and her tech squad and. You know this whole this whole thing was flipped. They tried to you know pull him back, and because she didn't pull back, obviously Ahsoka was left you know with all these doubts in herself. And I kept wondering how Anakin was going to react to this, and like what are we going to see from him? How much anger are we going to see? How much like discipline? And what would another Jedi have done if their Padawan had you know acted in this way? And I honestly think that because it was Anakin she got off way lighter than she would oh, have than anybody yeah. else. Because yeah. he, he knows how many times he did the same thing. Um, one, of the, one, of the,
1: you, one of the best lines in the whole episode comes from and when he says, Did you train her to disobey orders? <laughs> and, and that line kind of makes you realize, yeah, Anakin was probably seeing himself in Ahsoka during the episode. Of. Yeah,
0: Kind of. <laughs> and that was a the theme throughout this whole first season. Yeah. Anakin he He disobeys a lot, and she sees it, yeah, so she um she doesn't suffer to the degree that he does later on, especially, but Anakin has this chosen one syndrome, which really means just I can do what I want, and nothing's going to be a permanent you know consequence that's It's really the the best summation I can think of, yeah, and uh overall, I think that's what Anakin believes, even though in the moment he would say, well, of course I would never do what Ahsoka did, you know? Yeah. Um, so she, she kind of learns his lesson for him, um, and he never does. But it, it, it definitely takes him a little bit longer to, anyway. We're going we're to talk next about the, because rela- Lauren gets, gets injured. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, after, like, basically. They,
1: de- they, <laughs> they completely destroy on one that. ship. They, like, have yeah. another one that's in tatters and then one that's unscathed. And it just happens to be the command ship that's unscathed because that command ship lasts them quite a long time. Uh, yeah. But, but the, yeah, and, and so they escape and, like, they have a bunch injured. And uh, I thought it was really quick, the turnaround, that he's just, like, like, she comes up to him later on and he's like, hey, buddy, what's going on? And I was like, you were taking a real casual tone after you yelled at her, like, five minutes ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, when he told her to go to her room and cool off, that was the, that was the moment I was like, hmm, I just don't know. I I, I didn't feel like that Anakin was written the best in this episode, mm-hmm. not, um, not entirely. And <laughs> I feel like they were still figuring Anakin out to a degree. But, yeah. Um. Particular, what comes to my mind is the scene that he really arrives with the the ship that he's going to surrender. Yeah. Over to the Nymorian and.
1: That the way scene that, he delivers felt, that Oh, I love that. It felt
0: a little bit odd to me. Oh, it felt it felt odd.
1: it felt completely on on brand. It felt like exact. Like I could see Hayden Christensen doing that scene, like like he, his you, his being like, um, oh yeah, well you can have still have my ship back, and like that little smile that comes across his face. Like I could
0: see Hayden doing it, but I couldn't see like Clone Wars Anakin is so much kinder, and he's got this more likable vibe to him. Uh, so um, I don't know. I feel like they might have been writing more of a Hayden Anakin there than a maybe. Clone Wars Anakin.
1: Yeah, I, I just it totally for me it totally worked that that scene. The earlier scenes mm-hmm. didn't because I was like, I don't feel like he would have this dynamic with Ahsoka. But that the scene once he once he takes the ship in to destroy it, from then on it was it was fit fit, fit for me.
0: Well, what about the fact that he takes complete faith? and puts it in Ahsoka and just says, hey, uh, you're in command. I'm going to go do this, and uh, you figure out the rest. There you go. You know, after she's in this place where she's obviously doubting herself to do that and put your Padawan, it's its a little bit like the, you know, Light of the Jedi where,
1: <laughs> where yes. like, he yeah, throws, he um, mm-hmm. what's
0: his face? Uh, yeah. The Padawan. Uh,
1: Loden throws, uh, Loden Great Storm throws Bell Zetafar off the...
0: Bell, Bell basically just because he can't catch himself with the Force. And so he keeps, like, just throwing him off, and, and he's like, oh, you know, we'll, we won't tell him that we're going to catch him if he doesn't make it. We'll just catch him. Yeah. But it was kind of like that, in that, you know, Anakin just basically threw Ahsoka and was like, hey, it's up to you now.
1: But Well, he gave her a lot of the logic ahead of time. So with mm-hmm. him taking that his ship to destroy the main ship, the commander's taken out, and it only leaves you the four little cruisers. So Ahsoka knows they only have the four cruisers and she knows what ship she has. So she already has the pieces set out. So all she has to do is just figure out what's the best strategy with these pieces. And she comes to a good conclusion. So like <clears throat> as long as he's taught her tactical skills, she would figure that out eventually. Like, assuming now The problem is the the clones that are with her, that that lieutenant Mm -hmm. or whatever that is, and Rex. They aren't seeing the logic of the puzzle because they're like, oh well, we'll just go get another ship. Oh well, we'll just wait and do this another time. Like they're not thinking, okay, I can only use the pieces on the board. How am I going to do this? They they, they're not thinking like that, and Ahsoka does. So like it's like, and and Anakin's trained her as well, so he knows she could figure that out.
0: It really also, you know, with their dialogue. The clones themselves definitely don't trust Ahsoka. Oh, no, 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 especially not it's, after it's,
1: what, it's, losing her whole squad. What,
0: what just happened? They just yeah, nah, nah. And so, in a respectful way, they're a little bit kind of you know, they're they're talking down to her. Mm-hmm. I can hear the demeaning tone in in their voice, even though they're not trying to break rank. You know, yeah. it's 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 a little bit of a you know contrast thinking about Rex's then compared to later on yeah yeah <laughs> you know, rex seemed sure, a little bit different
1: you know, than i'm used to as well
0: well he yeah he's definitely not as experienced mm-hmm. um because yeah if if later on he probably would have made that call the same way oh yeah and he would never have questioned ahsoka but mm-hmm. um <clears throat> this just reminded me of where they started and we get to appreciate that journey as they as yep. they grew closer together um so anyway anakin's thing works and he kind of a jet, jettisons out and when he does it's um it's a shot-for-shot shot redo of the uh, escape pod from episode four, New Hope, yeah. whenever the... So that was kind of cool. Um, this is, he just this, spins it around and watches.
1: Yeah. So this is the um, uh, the point I was referencing earlier with the Thrawn connection, was mm-hmm. the, the the maneuver that Ahsoka pulls on the droids is from the first chapter of the first Thrawn book, Heir to the Empire. It is called the Mark sobel Maneuver. Um, it is where you take your ship and you put the belly out and then you use the, the ship's hangars uh, to be blocked so that the, the, your enemy can't see you launching your fighters. Um, uh, mm. And it's primarily used for uh, species who can't see well um, or don't have good visibility. Um, in this case, the droids, they don't have um, three, three-dimensional thinking. They only have, you know, very limited, ah, oh, it's a ship, let's attack. They're not thinking tactics. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> So that's why they have limited vision, visions that they can use. And so uh, it's called the Mark Sobel Maneuver. And in the behind the scenes of the episode, they actually talk about how Dave Filoni's a fan of the, the books. And so he specifically wrote this maneuver in. Mm-hmm. um and the Mark Sable maneuver is referenced in Thrawn Alliances as well. Um, uh, they, they threw it back in there, but it originated in the first Thrawn book.
0: That's a really great observation. The tactic probably originated somewhere in a medieval fight or some kind of yeah. You
1: know, they just they just adjusted it to to match space warfare.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Always, always, things are like bar from history. Mm-hmm. Those are the best fights. Is when you bar from a real strategy that. Was used with real lives on the line, um, <clears throat> so I thought uh, first episode was really solid. It ends with them, you know, basically they destroy those four cruisers. They have a they have a shot to the planet, and they've got their reinforcements are supposed to be coming soon. Um, we do we get a little bit of Coruscant? We get a little bit of 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 the uh, hmm. do, we, do we get a little bit of 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 well, not course. Whatever the other Jedi are, they're, Holo, they're on holograms.
1: the They're on the uh, the on the incoming ships. The bridge of the incoming okay. ships.
0: Yeah. So they got we got some hologram talking, and basically just to let us know, hey, we don't have reinforcements. All yeah. we have is what we have here. And they hammered home the fact that these you know these Ryloth people they're they're starving. We don't wait because if we wait, we're losing people. They're dying. You know, we got to go now. We got to save them now. It's not gonna it's not gonna get better. It's gonna get worse the longer we lead it and. You know, if we're going to do this, it has to be now. So we, they hit that helm pretty good. Um, overall, that first episode was really pretty entertaining, pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, it wasn't my favorite, but I liked nope. it a
1: lot. It was not my favorite, but I liked I liked it a lot. Actually, well, is it my least favorite? Uh, I'm trying to think. So yeah, okay, I'll get there in a minute. But yeah, I, I, I I'm with you. It's not my favorite, but it's highly entertaining. Um uh I wish if they had more time and if they had more budget I would have wanted them to be like where's our why can't we get reinforcements and then have like the council talking and have them be like well we have this fleet here and this fleet here and they're encouraged like cuz we never get to see them talking about multiple campaigns at once you only see the Ryloth campaign you only see this campaign I want to see someone the guy who's like uh, having to go through every single fleet and be like all right we can put 300 guys there and 200 like we never get that in any of the clone wars so i w- one day i want a book or comic or maybe another tv show that goes into like the 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 big picture strategy we only get the little picture so
0: mm. we don't need to talk about the the ramming of the of the ship and why he didn't just hyperspace ram it because there's no need to talk about that.
1: Well, um, hang on. Well, hang on. Don't don't take a cheap shot like that. The there's a big difference <laughs> between this situation and the uh, the uh, Amilyn Holdo situation from Last Jedi. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into the types of ships and the shields involved and things like that. That, you know. Anyway, we'll go. You're right, but don't take a cheap shot like that because there's big differences. <laughs>
0: Didn't they have a uh, there was also a moment where the um, <clears throat> so in the return of the Jedi you've got on the super star destroyer you've got a ship that crashes into the bridge through the through like the window yeah and uh, there was a shot in this where one of the droid pile or droid yeah. starfighters crashes into the same bridge type shot there and they, and they even they he even
1: says the line too late
0: really yeah ah I remember that moment sticking out to me. I was like, oh, they're just doing all the throwbacks or all of the, I get their throw forwards. The <laughs> throw fight.
1: forwards.
0: But, but yeah, obviously they're like, you know, yeah. they're like, hey, you liked this? Here's more of what you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the second episode. Yeah. This one was entitled Innocence of Ryloth. Yeah. What were your overall opinions?
1: This is my favorite episode in the, in the arc. Um, uh, I very much enjoy it. Uh, it's just got uh, th- this story I feel like it's so tight you've got a certain number of clones to start out with and so you always know roughly what you're dealing with you also see the size of the town you can understand roughly how many droids there are so you pretty much get the visuals and this is a much more like a commando like you know a few few versus few you're not dealing with armies here you're dealing with like a little company or something um, I think they call them ghost company at one point um, but that seems so this is a small piece of a larger whole in in the TV show Horatio Hornblower there's an episode where they have this little company that invades this town and then they have this army that invades uh, uh, Paris <laughs> and you get to see the differences between taking a small town and taking a big big city and uh, in this, you're seeing this episode, you're seeing the small town being taken, whereas in the next episode, you're seeing the big city. And so I like the comparison, and I really like Waxer and Boyle. They are very entertaining. Their, their dynamic works really well.
0: Mm. Yeah, they're they're uh, pretty funny. There's some good banter between them. <clears throat> what didn't hit for me, I've already talked about my low points. Like, if, if there had been more... Um, Twi'leks, maybe in the camp. Yeah. Um, it just felt like maybe there's like, 15 people there. And, mm-hmm.
1: Well, you could think um, maybe the other ones died in the invasion or something. So, yeah, that's don't all know. that's left or something.
0: The Star Wars universe has a way of seeming, like, so massive and yet so small mm-hmm. at times. Like, the Republic cares about 15, you know, Twi'leks on, on Ryloth and is going to send... Obi Wan and and their best clone commanders to go and save them, you know, um, and and maybe they do, and that's that's a good thing. Um, but I actually thought this was my least enjoyed episode.
1: Oh, okay. I,
0: I didn't enjoy it as much as the others, uh, which obviously makes the final episode my favorite. Yeah. Um, I I, <laughs> I really don't want to seem like I don't like kids because I love kids. But that little girl yeah, annoyed me.
1: Yeah, it's not like you work with kids for a living. <laughs> I do work with
0: kids, and I think they're sweet. I think they're very adorable. The little ones that, that are her age are, are cute, and uh, you know, you teach them how to sing little songs, and it's good. It's good training. But the thing is, she's she's just it, it's it's very tropish. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it just, like, from the second that, that we that we met her, I was like, oh, she's going to show them hidden tunnels. Oh, she's going to lead them through this. Oh, that she's going to not trust them at first, and they're going to have to prove themselves to be human, and it's going to show this character development, and she's going to help them by the end, and then she's going to return to her family, and there'll be a hug. And you could have, from the second you saw her, known exactly all the tropes that was going to Oh, of use. course. And guess what happened? <laughs>
1: See that's why I love it. What happened? It's like. Want to tell you you what happened? Exactly Exactly what what just happened? happened. (laughs) I love that. I know exactly what episode of Family Guy. Family Guy. Uh, I've used that before. Um, (laughs) That was really good. Uh, No, but see, that's what I love. I love tropes like that, and so I love reading like. Some of my favorite fantasy books all follow the exact same tropes of Lord of the Rings because I love those tropes because they're great tropes. So, like, when we do this, that's why, like, for me, I don't necessarily mind that Episode 1, Episode 4, and Episode 7 are all essentially the same plot. Like, I love that because... I love the plot of all of them, and so I like it when Star Wars mirrors itself or tells a very similar story. So this was a kind of a very much expected, as you said. You knew exactly how the girl would help them, how she'd become their friend, how she'd uh, lead them to the to the droids. You knew that she would reunite with her family.
0: Let me get offer. If I was the writer, which if I was doing this, I would say yes. They already know. Soon as it's going to happen, how do I make this interesting? How do I make this different? Okay, the writers decided we're going to pitch everything on waxer and boil and make them try and carry it with their dynamic with each other. And I thought it was OK, but it wasn't, wasn't there all the way. Maybe something else I would have added if I was writing more character developments, more character moments, because the character interactions sell it. When you know what's going to already happen in the story, you know, even you you don't know no details. But it's a trope. It's a show, especially a kids show or for young adults. It's gonna fall. She's not gonna
1: die. <laughs> That'd be, that would have been <laughs> dark if they had done that.
0: So anyway, but I was
1: just thinking if imagine how dark it would be if that droid that the people just dismember was actually like a person. <laughs> like imagine if it was like a Nemoidian and you just mm-hmm. see them go and just ripping off the limbs. So I was like that would have been would you, that would have I mean, been dark.
0: Speaking of, this was the uh, the first time I think. That we get one of those uh, strategy droids. The tactical. The, the tactical droids. I'm, They're introduced in season one.
1: Yeah, mm. I don't think, I I don't believe I've seen them anywhere else. I'm, I'm trying to think anywhere previous to To this episode.
0: I believe this I might. I think this, this, you're right. I think this might be their first time. Yeah. And they become really a staple later on. And it's very clear why they wanted it, because then... You know, anytime you have a non-alive commander or whatever, you know, it's easier to kill them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for the for the Jedi, for the good guys, you know, they can kill a droid, and there's no morally questionable thing about that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> at least in Star Wars, you know, for yeah. other droids in other universes, different roles, but um, because you have different levels of sentience and questions of life. But we've determined that these droids in Star Wars are not alive.
1: Not these um, ones, and they at make, least. make
0: <laughs> right, right. So uh, they they make a lot of bold claims. Even the tactical droids, you know. Yeah. I think he says something like it was a three PO moment. Their chances of survival are seven hundred and twenty five to one. And you know, I think uh, what's the um, the commander? Uh, Wat Tambor.
1: Or are you talking about? Are yeah, you talking about, I Was okay. Yes,
0: the guy. He's actually introduced in Attack of the Clones. He's sitting around mm-hmm. the table with um, the
1: Techno Union. The Techno- I think.
0: union army is, yeah. is at your disposal count. Um, so when they're talking, because, I mean, we've gotten an idea based on the space battle that they have superior numbers. And so far, in terms of droids, they have way superior numbers, too. So you're thinking at this point, if they really think 700 times they're going to win against the Republic, right? They've got to seriously outnumber them. And they um, don't. Uh,
1: the episode, like, they we don't really we, see. We don't see that No.
0: We don't really see that. Um, there must have been a lot that was destroyed off screen. Um,
1: yeah, and I think that also the droids just, of course, they were under the impression that the, the beasts would do much more damage than they actually did. So yeah, that threw beast off there. Control
0: is a first, first uh, I think, established in Knights of the Old Republic 2. And the power of beast control allowed you to tame and, you know, kind of, just you could have different levels of it, but eventually you could mind trick them and ride them full on, but you could pacify any creature. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously that was used in rebels, but the first time that I remember it was not to the old public too. Probably anyway, Obi-Wan uses that all at the same time. And he's only able, these are very, very hostile, uh, big, big attack, killer beasts. I don't know their name.
1: I don't know their uh, name either.
0: (laughs) It's funny he had to he had to drop his lightsaber right before uh, <coughs> he lures him down the corner,
1: and oh, so yeah, we yeah. get that
0: we get this moment where he has no lightsaber and he has to face them all, which just means he's gonna use the force and dodge a lot and jump away, um, and that was that was cool because we get the. Clone, or Commander Cody hands him his lightsaber. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Just you would do little, later. Just
0: another moment. Yeah, I think season one, they're big in those. Hey, hey, you remember this <laughs> happened? It happened before, you know, or it happened later in episode six, yeah. or not two yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. They did a lot of that.
1: There was um, uh, there was one issue with the whole plot line of the whole arc that it's there's probably an in-universe answer but i don't know what the answer is and it's okay so you see where the blockade is in the first episode where they bring the ships in why don't they just go to the other side of the planet <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> like the question with every blockade yeah like, in episode one i'm thinking you know we'll just come around to the other side of the planet we'll uh you know sneak in and they're not gonna make it to us before we get to the exactly atmosphere. exactly um, but then we'd have to, you know, we'd have to like go through the planet core or something. But I mean, maybe they could.
1: There's obviously some. There's there's obviously some mathematics of oh, well, we'd have to go through hyperspace and it'd take longer <coughs> to try to. I get that, but it just seems right. like like not even a. I've never seen that addressed anywhere in Star Wars, and it's like. They, they, if they had more ships, it'd be like okay, well, you station two over, two up here, two down here, two on this side. Two, like they don't do that; they're all in one place. It's like it seems like they think that that's the only way that you could come at the planet.
0: Yeah, it, there's probably an answer with hyperspace lanes.
1: Yeah, maybe. And
0: they they learn the hyperspace lanes and they kind of guard for those. Um, and so probably that has that's what. I would say that's yeah. the easiest answer, but I don't know. You have, to suspend some,
1: you have to suspend some disbelief, but I still, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this would have been a whole lot. You would have saved a whole lot of lives.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that they thought through that, and they were like, eh, we don't have time, and the kids are not going to know, so let's just <laughs> deal with it. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, you, you were talking about the tactical droid, the differences oh, yeah. between... That commander that we see in the first episode, who respects Anakin, who is mm-hmm. like he's confident we've crushed them, but he's like, but he will be back. Like he's like he's yes. prepared. Whereas the tactical droid is just arrogant and he's like, ah, we're gonna get them. Uh, and so you see a big difference in command style. And so naturally, we, you and I, we're we're not fans of the separatists necessarily, but. We latched on to the Commander because well, for one, he's more sentient, but also too because he's the one that you know acts more honorably almost um mm-hmm. uh so I, I did like the distinction you see between them, and then Wat tambor uh he's he's such an idiot I just, just <laughs> come on i i I found myself thinking, he, come on man he doesn't
0: have he doesn't have any redeeming qualities really
1: yeah. <laughs> but you know who he's voiced by, no. He's voiced by Matthew Wood, who obviously does oh, all the droids and Grievous. Grievous yeah, yeah. 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 That, once um, he said, once I heard that, I was like, "Oh, that makes total sense." Um,
0: the ending of the episode is the revelation that this little girl has been calling them brother, Mara, which just means brother.
1: Aww, and we're like, so sweet.
0: Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and they're, they're like, "We call each other brothers because we're brothers." Oh, scratch our heads. Wait a minute. Is she our brother? No, she's our S- sister. <laughs> we don't have any sisters <laughs> that you know about, but Omega is around <laughs> somewhere. <clears throat> you don't know about her.
1: There is a fun little um, uh, connection from later. So later on in this series, Waxer and Boyle show up sporadically, and on their armor, they have um, uh, Twi'lek stuff related <clears throat> to it, um, uh, as a reference to her, and then that curl character—I am blanking on her name at the moment. Uh, she shows up in Rebels, and she has um, uh, armor that has the same paint style as the, the as, as Waxer and Boyle, um, as like an homage to them. And so you see that like that never leaves her. Like she like is very heavily influenced by them. They are the ones that in, encourage her to join the rebellion later on. Because of what mm. she sees in this episode.
0: <clears throat> well, overall, I know you liked it a lot. Yeah. For me, it it didn't hit, didn't pull me in the way that the way that I wished it had. But now, the next the episode, episode
1: should. Did. And this is the thing: is by all evidence, this the third episode should be my favorite because it has all the Easter eggs and references that I like. Um, mm. It just, it just for some reason, I just had a more fun time with the second episode than the third episode. I felt like the third episode was all over the place at times, but, uh, I still heavily enjoyed it. I think it is so well Hmm. done.
0: Well, the third episode focuses on Mace Windu. Yeah. And even
1: at the start of the episode,
0: we see Mace like, and they bothered animating him, like rescuing clones, like using the force to break the Mm -hmm. glass so that he can pull a guy out. Um, and he's, he's out there on the front lines, just fighting, and being being a beast, being a no-nonsense no beast as well. Yeah. Um, he's <laughs> He even gets mentioned by Count Dooku several times because we see Count Dooku. His dialogue was great. Count Dooku's episode, he has some really well-written lines. And uh, when he tells, you know, um, uh, I can't remember his name again. Wat but, Tambor. Wat Tambor, he tells him, he's like, you, you think you could contend with Mace Windu, Master Windu? You have another thing coming. <laughs> anyway. This um, gets into that. I just realized, like, they went from being, like, totally in control, having tons of resources, having the blockade, being pushing Anakin and them back, to losing that, to losing the ground battle, to literally being like, okay, well, the best thing we can do is abandon the entire facility and destroy it, and then just claim, hey, the Republic... They may rescue you, but look what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to basically lose your city, and a lot of lives will be lost. And the people are not not all, but certainly, certainly, the city itself will be destroyed. And then at the end, they only send like five droid pilots. But <coughs> I and thought they were going to like go bombard it, you know, but they didn't.
1: Well, for for two things, one because this show was very cheaply produced, they could only afford to animate five uh bombers the other reason is because according to the logic of this show you wouldn't need more than five bombers if they each are equipped with several bombs they could you just keep circling around the city and just blow the city up well that's that's not what happens but
0: wouldn't the i know that you you had several like throughout the beginning of this episode probably kind of 10 Republic walkers with cannons, yeah. you but know, they're not—they're not, they're not the designed
1: tanks? to take out uh, vultures or, or bombers not fast like that. Enough they're fast not fast enough, enough, enough to, to track them, and there's not enough of them to just destroy anything that flies.
0: Maybe, maybe so, maybe so. I, I
1: do like that the beginning of the episode kind of has that uh, the, the the end of the previous battle. Type thing where you see them—they're already mid-battle, they're already fighting the droids—and mm-hmm. then they, um, uh, they very quickly within the first like three minutes finish the battle. And all right, now you see what their objective is. All right, we now have a straight path to the capital. Now you're catching up on understanding where they mm-hmm. are in the story right now, even though we haven't seen Mace much in the last two episodes.
0: Yeah, Mace pushes the uh, walker off the cliff with the force. Yeah. Also a, a very powerful
1: feat, mm-hmm. very
0: very nice. Um, and as they fight, they've got this these great like, it's like a <clears throat> kind of like a walker. They claim that the animals are faster, but I'm like, no, nah, man. Listen, you know when <laughs> when Mace is on and all of the all of the clones are on one as well. There's like five dudes. Mm-hmm. They're chasing down these droids on these like ten foot tall like Republic walkers. Yeah with these lo- super long legs that are like, and they're jumping and they're avoiding the, as you mentioned, they're avoiding the, the tank laser yeah. pretty well. So I, I assume maybe a, a pilot could do the same, but, um,
1: which by the way, yeah. this is the first, uh, ever use of the blurgs in, uh, yes, in, in Clone Wars, which of course would be used in, uh, Mandalorian. Hmm.
0: The first episode. Yeah. Surely you can ride this young foal, <laughs> anyway. So it, that I loved that scene. It was really action packed. It was fun. Yeah, they spent a lot of time just making Mace be awesome. Yeah, appreciated it. Um, <laughs> then we get the actual question because there's political stuff in this episode. I love the oh yeah, stuff.
1: oh of course.
0: <clears throat> and uh, so we've got um,
1: lots. Nope. What's nope. His f- his name's no, Orn I'm, Free, Tom.
0: Orn Free, Orn, Orn Free. Uh, Blue, big fat dude, senator, he is um, he's actually there. You have Palpatine, Yoda, Yolaren, and Orn Free, um, and they're talking with Mace Windu through like the comms and stuff. And uh, like Mace Windu is the no-nonsense guy that I already said. So this whole time, he's just like, you know, <laughs> well, I'm going to do what's best for your people, regardless of what you say about Cham Syndulla. He's like, we need his help. And frankly, if you care about your people, well, guess what? That's the best way. And that's what I'm going to do. So, you're going to have to like it. <laughs> um, but Orn Free, and I think even Palpatine is like, surely we could send some other Republic reinforcements. As if he was like Looking agreeing down on with Orn the- Free. You can even like. Well, they were
1: very close political uh, uh, allies throughout uh, Star Wars. In fact, the book, um, uh, what is it called? It is uh, Cloak of Deception. Um, uh, This is not canon, but this was in Legends, which Clone Wars was produced under Legends originally. Um, uh, In this book, they establish that um, uh, Orn Frita and... uh, uh, Palpatine were essentially of the same party, and they essentially were mm-hmm. working together on a lot of things big universe like basically Palpatine ropes in Orn frita to get to, to help him oust um, uh, 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 Valorum so like when they do the oh. vote now, like Orn Frita already knew that was happening he he knew it was he was gonna manipulate her to do that, mm-hmm. and so he was all prepared for it so they're they're very close
0: close guys. oh, yeah. It makes sense for him to side on that. And at the very least, it was a Mm -hmm. uh, political just siding with him move. But um, I think that's when somebody, maybe Anakin's like, well, we don't have any more forces. There are no reinforcements. Yeah. Um, But later on, we get a great scene um, where I believe it's Mace. Now, yeah, it was Mace and Cham and Orn Free. And that's when we get the confrontation, really, about this whole... Ideology method because it's revealed that obviously Cham was his obviously his political rival, his opponent. Yeah. I think in the election if they have elections, but um, he was the other guy. So, <laughs> and the thing is too, we're made to think both Cham and Orrin Free are both like good and bad mixed bags yeah. a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, both characters, neither one's perfect from from what yeah. we're seeing. But um, anyway, they have this agreement, you know. Chim says, "I'm not going to use this to seize power." Well, Mace makes him say it. Yeah, <laughs> like, you need to tell him you're not going to use this to seize power, and and reassure him. Um, <clears throat> and that was a great moment. The fact that they bothered to put that in, mm-hmm. um, and they obviously have played on that so much after that point. Yes, um, but they they established that foreshadowing pretty early on, and they and did it. They've, a- they've gone back to it a lot.
1: And they did a good job of showing um, uh, Jedi as good negotiators because mm-hmm. I mean, pre Clone Wars, that's what Jedi like. This is exactly what the Jedi were doing for the Republic: is they'd have there was a conflict on a planet, a civil war, you'd send the Jedi. They weren't necessarily they weren't supposed to fight for either side; they're supposed to bring the two sides together and to a, to a negotiating table. And so you see that uh, Mace Windu still has pretty good negotiation skills.
0: Yeah. My only question was really, you know, what, what is it pure numbers we need? Is it just soldiers we need? Do they have a militia? That's, that's what we need is the Twi'lek militia. How much, what do they really have? Um, But before they actually meet them, we get a hilarious scene with the, with the the droids where several of these droids find the, uh, well, they think they found mates. They actually did, but they, didn't bother to check, and they found they pick up the head of one of the old droids from like the, yeah. it was like the episode one style, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Look at this stupid unit! You know he's still controlled by a central uh, computer, given in orders." <laughs> and then says like, "What does he say?" He says, uh, "Not like us. We're all way smarter than that. <laughs> we have independent thinking." <laughs> and then they all, "Roger, Roger, 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 Roger." roger. <laughs> it Hopefully. is a funny
1: scene, and I. Maybe I'm just not remembering, but I've, I've, of course, watched these episodes so many times. I do not remember that scene from when I watched it, you know, or when it was on Cartoon Network or when it was on reruns. I just do. I remember everything else about the episode. But that little that little line, I remember the droids coming up and then the droids being destroyed. But that little scene where they're talking with each other with that funny line, I do not remember at all. And so I wonder if that was like a deleted scene that they included but i have to believe they wouldn't have animated that so i don't maybe that was in the original and i'm just not remembering it but that was totally new to me so i was like oh, oh. That was hilarious oh it's <laughs> oh, it is great i also so
0: that's when they they wait to let them you're going to say something but they wait oh, to yeah. let them mace windu says hey wait let the let cham take these droids out instead of us taking them out um and then of course that's how they meet cham even though they get they get a gun pulled on their face um <laughs>
1: I'm just, what were you going to say? I'm just curious. Let's say Cham never joins them. Let's say it's just them. I don't think the episode ends any differently <laughs> because, yeah. really, they get into... And you see all those droids come at Mace Windu and he just pushes them all away and destroys them. And then the tank comes in and he just destroys the tank. It's like... He didn't need help. He could have done the whole thing by himself. (laughs) It's like, why did you go to all... They should have showed, like, ten more tanks behind it. Like, when Loki says, send the rest in Avengers, and then just this huge amount comes in, you don't see that. Mm -hmm. You just see the one tank, and Mace destroys it. So to me, I'm like, oh, well, Mace has got this in hand. So as you said, they didn't really show a lot of the characters that you needed to see. You didn't show the superior right. numbers.
0: Right. And maybe we could have also fixed that if we get a line from May saying, you know, to the, to, to somebody, probably to Jedi, not to like, definitely not to Palpatine or even, but saying like, you know, we're gonna, I'm doing this because Cham and Orn Free need to work together and come over, get over their differences and this is gonna be a step towards a more peaceable United Ryloth, yeah, anyway, um, they could have also done that, but um, <clears throat> what did you think of the city design with the whole you know moat crater big, big hole followed I mean, is it brilliant? I don't know it's they said it was like a capital city, but I didn't really see much spaceport spaces. I didn't see much like
1: so Ryloth isn't exactly your bustling area of like. It's not you're, you're you're not talking about the center of commerce uh, in the sector. They're a pretty poor people as a whole, so it's not like they need a lot of sp- spaceport stuff. Um, and at the same time, a it's a farmland. Y'all yeah, follow farmland. It's uh, the city design. It's very medieval to have like you know the big moat around it, um, which I think it's not that smart because it would be really hard to do commerce because you only have one way in and out. It'd be you. You have a lot of traffic problems um, mm. uh, on the bridge. And what happens if you, um, uh, if like you lose you lose the batteries to the bridge? Oh, oh no, <laughs> we used them all up. Powers out. Powers out. Like you have no way to get in the resources. <laughs> so that's a problem with the design. Second problem is, we see the bombers come in. All the Republic needs to do. I don't. You don't really see that. That Wat Tambor has these big guns that he can use, like they did in the village. Like in the little village, you see the big guns that keep them from landing, but you don't see that in the capital. So I'm wondering, why don't you just bomb the capital? Why don't you just like airlift the guys in? Mm. I'm sure there's a reason, but we don't see it. Parachute some, some yeah, troopers in there. Exactly. <clears throat>
0: it would have been a long siege so we know why yeah. they didn't want to do the siege that's brought up because it'll take too long yeah. and I think Palpatine maybe been the one who brought that up
1: but yeah, yeah
0: yeah there was a lot of different ways they could have made this fight more realistic and mm-hmm. what we get is later on Clone Wars does that they start asking more questions like mm-hmm. okay you know is this the best fit what would this actually accomplish is there a better way is there a better tactic is this the best tactic for this situation yeah and you know i forgive a lot in season one because maybe the team was still getting their feet under there Mm -hmm. but what they did do right was the themes they handled really well Mm -hmm. they certainly like wrote some great dialogue dooku was great um dooku just like rails uh uh tambor what tambor I I got it now (laughs) He rails him for like being pathetic Yeah And saying like basically You need to retreat Whereas like the entire time He's trying to get all this wealth Out of the city Yeah And he's like refusing And being selfish And because of that He gets left behind And uh The tactical droid Keeps arguing, and they're like, I'm in control No, I'm in control now. We're going to follow his orders. No, you'll follow my orders. I'm going to follow Dooku's orders, you know. <laughs> That's basically what he says. And then, of course, by the end, after all this, I mean, even with Mace, like, basically going parkour off of, like, falling debris. That was a cool
1: him. shot. I that loved cool. that shot.
0: It was great that he used the force to, like, get the clones across. Yes. And then, and then just basically... Forget, forget physics. I'm a Jedi. I can just, I could do all this on my own. So, it, anyway, that's when we get the hero mission. At the very last second, these bombers are about to blow up the city, and Tambor says, uh, "You know, I guess we'll both be dying for the separatist cause, or something like yeah, that," yeah. to Mace Windu, and uh, that's when Anakin and Ahsoka pop out, and they're like, "Woohoo!"
1: That line seemed it seems so cheesy when she says that was a close one, Master, isn't it? Always, isn't it Snips. Always? I was like, that was the cheapest, like that was big brain moment when they were writing that it, scene. It, it needs to be like it need, if there was
0: a if there was a Star Wars abridged bridge, would be like, Master, are they ever gonna like take us out for Sundays to thank us for this or anything like <laughs> that? And it can be like, Snips, for real. Nobody appreciates us. We're just a bunch of us right now. <Yeah. laughs> they had to end the episode quick, and that's basically us. Yeah. Again, that's what we always do, Master. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, I'm seeing so many joke potentials there. Um, <laughs> if it were, that would
0: be the Lego Star Wars. Yeah, game. the
1: Lego or the yeah, <laughs> or the robot chicken. Um, so here's, uh, here's a question. Did you notice the Indiana Jones Easter egg uh, in this episode? No. So when they're loading, there's a shot where they're loading uh, the the shuttle, and they're bringing on a bunch of treasure onto the shuttle. Wait, Um, is it
0: the Ark of the Covenant? Yeah, you
1: see the Ark of the Covenant being loaded onto the shuttle.
0: (laughs) That's one of the treasures?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the treasures. (laughs) Also. (laughs) 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 Wow. You also see in Solo the um, the little... uh, the the little god uh, from the 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 golden idol from the f- beginning of Raiders, and then you also see in uh, Rebels, you see in Thrawn's collection, he has um, something from Crystal Skull. I forgot which what what the artifact was, but he has some mm-hmm. artifact from that. So there's they like putting the Indiana Jones artifacts in Star Wars. <laughs> hmm. Hey, apparently
0: that scene that you were mentioning. Was you didn't remember? Yeah. That actually was a director's cut.
1: Oh, <gasps> really?
0: So, yeah. I feel so, so much more vindicated because I was like, it's I, I don't RB remember. I don't remember. 551, they pull the head up, and uh, yeah. Ah.
1: That,
0: that scene was later reinserted because. I think it was cut for time. Cut for time. So, oh, of
1: course. That That's exactly... But it's a
0: great scene. Yeah. It's a great and scene. And that's what's great but is that
1: with Disney Plus is they don't have to worry about commercial breaks. So if they have deleted scenes like that, they can just put them right in. So... Yeah. I, I, I am so happy because I was like, I do not remember this scene at all and I've seen this episode many times.
0: <laughs> but you, you did re-watch it, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did rewatch okay, it. Yeah. That's why I and was... You're,
0: like, and that's when you realized... That's when, when like, realized, I realized... I don't remember this, yeah. I don't remember this, this scene. Anyway. Yeah. So good scene. I would say this was my favorite episode uh all of them were 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 good uh I definitely didn't enjoy the second one as much, but you did so let's get something for everybody of course this little arc little mini arc this was, this was um, it was
1: so much fun like i just I just had such a smile on my face rewatching this was,
0: um we do get a small shot of who might have been uh, a certain young Sunula, but like.
1: No, they they did. I remember an interview where they said, "Yeah, they hadn't they hadn't built uh, planned for Hera yet, so they didn't okay. they didn't include her yet." I know well, who you. I know exactly what you're he, like, thinking. Picks of. up a little
0: Twi'lek baby girl. It looks like
1: Mm-mm. yeah, but he, she's he not does. the exact
0: coloration. She's more mm-hmm. of a yellow color, and I'm like, yeah. "Hmm, is it really her?" I don't know.
1: We do see um, so. Gobi, who showed up in Bad Batch, and Rebels, and in uh, mm-hmm. Lords of the Sith. So that was one that connection. That was the uh, Uncle Dude, the Blue. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I remember him. <clears throat> he did. Well, in Bad Batch, he did. Isn't he dead?
1: Didn't no. he die in Bad Batch? No. Yeah, he died. I don't think so. He didn't die? He didn't, because he's in... Because uh, I thought the scene
0: that Crosshair, right before Crosshair, like, snipes uh, Orn Free, doesn't he, like, take out...
1: Cause Gobi's in Rebels.
0: Oh, he's in Rebels too.
1: I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, I think he's well, in Rebels, and he and I know for sure he's in Lords of the Sith. So he, yeah, yeah, he's not dead. He's not dead.
0: Okay, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, your memory of this stuff is going to be much better than mine. But I think uh, I think in terms of season one, like I still have to remember. This is not, uh, you know, this is not the same budget. This isn't the same production value, even the people that were working. Season one, we're getting, you know, the voice actors just figuring out the characters. mm mm-hmm. You know, so, all that taken into account, you know, season one, this is a great arc that gets them, each character, a little bit more development, and I feel like it did a lot of great things for, for the show. Oh, yeah. And season two takes it up a level, and then we really, really hit our stride with season three.
1: Mm, I'd agree. You know? Yeah.
0: So, Anyway, I would give maybe. What would you rank the first, and then the second, and the third episodes out of ten?
1: Uh, I'd say the we first love to episode, rank uh, first episode, in eight. Second episode, nine. Third episode, eight and a half.
0: Okay. Let me. I would say eight for episode one. Seven for the second episode, maybe, and then eight and a half. I'm with you. Yeah, on the third episode for me. So yeah. I actually, just. I'm close. I'm close. But anyway, so next week, let's talk about what we're doing.
1: You will not be here. I will not be here. I'm sorry, everyone.
0: (laughs) We will have a surprise guest because as you must know by now, this week is the premiere of star Wars visions, which the sad part is because I've been looking forward to talking about this with Jonathan for so long.
1: I will. We'll uh, still talk about it. Just not on the next episode. We
0: will. We will. Um, so we'll have a guest on. We'll go ahead and uh, we can. We'll probably divide these up. I'll figure out how we're going to do. We're not going to definitely. are not going to cover all of them at once, unless they're like five um, minutes because long. Because I'd, <laughs> I'd rather go into. <clears throat> we'd rather go into detail. I think at the. I think they're between total. They're between two and three hours long for all of them. Okay. Two and three hours in yeah. terms of in terms of length. So.
1: Yeah, probably about 20 minutes a so Then
0: We could do possibly two, three episodes. We'll see how it divides. Yeah. Anyway, uh, some of them we're going to probably love and others will not love as much, and that's okay. But I can't wait to see it. I'm such a fan of the animation, and I'm such a fan of like just anime in general, but I feel like it's going to be a chance to show epic, nice, epic moments and to stylize Star Wars in a way that it hasn't been allowed to do before, and I cannot wait to talk about it with you all next week. Um so, Jonathan, yes. you ready to roll?
1: Absolutely. So you can find us on Simplecast as our main home. You can also find us on iTunes and Google Play and Radio.com and Stitcher and iHeartRadio. And you can find our Facebook page, Two Sons of Tatooine. You can also find my book reviews at Roku Depot. And you can find my BookTube channel at, uh, on YouTube. On It's just search Jonathan Cohn. But until next time, I'm Jonathan Cohn. And I'm Nathan, aka and P Bro. And thank you for listening to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine.